as I said earlier, the title of this message is The Power of Kindness. Um, Ephesians 4.32 in the New Living Translation, and we've used this scripture before, it says, instead be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, through Christ has forgiven you. I'm so sorry, y'all. I guarantee you has my sister's phone and he keeps FaceTiming <laughs> while I'm trying to read my notes. So please forgive me. I'm so distracted. Somebody text Ashana and tell her Ashton has her phone. <laughs> Praise the Lord. My nephew is very persistent. <laughs> um, the word kind means affectionate, loving, of a sympathetic or helping nature, gentle, sweet. Kindness is actually, I believe, one of the most essential characteristics we have at our disposal to win people to Christ. Some people think that kindness is inferior or that you're, you're weak if you're kind, but it actually takes a strength to be kind, especially when people you are being kind to are not kind. <laughs> but kindness is an amazing attribute and it's an attribute of God that can produce amazing results when it's released through us. And um, so I, um, we're going to do something real quick. You know, I like for people to get up and move around. And um, so this is what we're going to do. I want you, ladies, find a lady. Men, find a man, unless you're married, Okay. So we're going to start, ladies find a lady, men find a man, and I want you, everybody to stand up, and I want you to find somebody in the room and say something kind to them. Okay, so gentlemen, find another gentleman, lady, find another lady, and then when we're done with all of that, if your spouse is in the room then you can say something kind to your spouse. Now, everybody needs somebody saying, you can move around. Yes, go ahead. You can say something kind and you can go to several people. Several people. If your spouse is here, you can say something kind to your spouse. Come on, y'all, get up, keep moving, keep going. Get up, keep going. Yeah, keep going. Find somebody else. Come on, spread the love. Keep moving around. keep going. You can do it. You can do it. I know all the introverts in the room are like cringing.
teach and you inspire. Yes, you, you are so me. All right, if you'll make your way to your seats. All right, now how did that feel? Feels good. You know what I saw? A lot of smiles happened. People got up, you know, there was hugs. There were some people prior to that that were like. <laughs> but some of them, stank, stank face. <laughs> but it was like instantly, instantly, smiles, laughters, love. It was great, right? Now imagine outside of this room that same practice with somebody else you don't know. How many of you said something to people you didn't know? Good job. Good job. That's the harder thing to do. It's easy to go up to somebody that you know and possibly say kind words you know, especially in that exercise. You're like, oh, I know a little bit about this person, you know, whatever. But it's a little more challenging to go up to somebody that you don't know and to say a kind word to them. And it's very powerful. It changes their countenance and immediately broke them down. Because I saw, you know, not only smiles, but then there was continued conversation in some, you know, instances. There was laughter, you know. It, it, broke, it broke it down and opened the door, right? Kindness opens the door to share the gospel with people. Kindness opens people's hearts to hear what God has to say. Kindness is attractive. People can be won to Christ through kindness. Matthew 5.14 in the New Living Translation says, You are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. We were made to stand out. We were made to shine. We were made to be attractive in this world. The most beautiful thing are kind people. You know, there's, there's people who are beautiful by the word world standards, and they are just not nice. <laughs> and I don't care how pretty you are. If you are not nice, you are ugly. <laughs> right? Yeah, Minister Floyd's laughing. It's true. 
Bible commenter Alexander McLaren said, kindness makes a person attractive. If you want to win the world, melt it. Do not hammer it. William Barclay echoed a similar, similar sentiment when he noted, more people have been brought into the church by the kindness of, a real, Christian, of real Christian love than by all the theological arguments in the world. Let me read that again because I messed that up. More people have been brought into the church by the kindness of real Christian love than by all the theological arguments in the world. Abraham Lincoln said, I care not for a man's religion whose dog and cat are not better off for it. In short, if your faith doesn't translate into your being a nicer person, it hasn't transformed you by the way God desires. Be kind, for everyone you meet is fighting a harder battle. Henry James remarked, three things in life are important. The first is to be kind. The second is to be kind. The third is to be kind. I'm going to give you three ways to be attractive. It's not going to cost you millions of dollars. You don't have to go see a doctor. <laughs> you don't have to edit any type of photo or anything like that. So number one, develop an attitude of kindness. True kindness is not an act or a facade we put on to manipulate others. Rather, it is rooted in having a genuine concern and interest in the welfare and well-being of people, and is expressed in demonstrating that care to others in tangible ways. Kindness is one of the most desirable attributes we can develop in our lives. Proverbs 19.22 in the New King James Version says, What is desired in a man is kindness. You know, this is something that you can pray for. You can ask God to help you to be a kinder person. You know, anything he says, you know, you can, you can ask for those things. Like it says, you know, you can desire to be a kind person. I used to pray, um, and I've gotten a whole lot better, that God would make me more compassionate for people. I noticed that I wasn't as compassionate as I wanted to be. I just have, you know, I just have a little stronger personality and, you know, it's, it's a little harder for me to cry in movies and, you know, different things like that. And so in my mind, I, I um, equivalated crying with being compassionate and that really wasn't it. But I was like, Lord, give me a genuine heart for people. Help me to see them. Help me to be compassionate towards them. And in that same way, we can say, God, help us to be kind. Help me to be a kind person. Help me not to snap back when they snap at me. I pray I have to say this even on the way to church. I'm like, every time I teach on something, there's always an opportunity for me to walk in it. And I was literally went to go get a tea before I came to church. And I went to, and it's always when I'm driving, something about me driving. <laughs> and so I was driving and I go to turn into a parking lot and there's this big semi truck in the way. So it literally was, I pull up and the truck had its turn lights on 
and he needed every bit of space in this lane to turn. So I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. I inch a little, he inches a little. I inch a little, he inches a little. And I was like, I'm over this game. I'm going to go. So I go make a left turn. And sure enough, there's like this much space. So there's a semi. And then there's a, for me to turn, because the semi's in my lane. So what does the person behind them do? They go in the opposite lane. So I go turn, and now I am face to face with another car. I was like, I just did this. You go, I go. You go, I go. I'm flashing my lights, they're flashing their lights. I'm flashing my lights, they're flashing their lights. And I'm like, I'm on a time frame. So, okay, I back up, and then I make a U-turn, and I come around, and the car is facing me again. And I was like, what in the world? Why can't anybody drive? Why didn't you go this way? You saw which way I went, but you followed me, and now you're facing me. And I was like, Lord, I'm going to be kind. So I backed up, and I sat there, and I waited for that car, and everything within me was like, it's only because I'm preaching on kindness tonight. <laughs> I'm going to do this. But it's something that he has to continue to work out in me. And um, people appreciate it when you're kind. You know, have you ever gone to a, a store and you're waiting in line? And, you know, the, maybe the person at the register is having a hard time or, you know, you're in line behind somebody. I always get in line behind the slow people. It's like almost guaranteed. And that is definitely a, an opportunity for me to practice patience and practice kindness. And usually by the time I get up to the person, I make a big effort to say, you know, especially if they're like, oh, I'm so sorry it took so long, you know, whatever. And I'm like, that's totally fine. And then I use that as an opportunity. How's your day today? I know that was just a rough situation, but it's okay. You know, you peopled a lot today. You're doing a good job. And so I make sure to share some kind words because especially if I've seen the person before them that was very rude to them. And that opens the door and immediately melts them. Yeah, they give you what? Favor. That's right. Kindness gives you favor. Kindness opens doors. 1 Peter 2, verse 1 through 3 in the New Living Translation says, So get rid of all evil behavior, be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow in a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment now that you have a taste of the Lord's kindness. Spend time in the presence of God and allow the Holy Spirit to change you. Allow him to change your attitude. You know, I believe that helped the time that we had before offering, the time that we had in worship, the time that we had even before this message. I believe that it helped to change our attitudes and put us in a position to receive and to hear from him. That's what time in his presence does. It only helps us to be who he's called us to be. I can change anything about you. I can change your mind. I can change your personality. I can change your circumstances. I can change the way you feel about certain things. All you have to do is give me one thing, time in my presence. Galatians 5, verse 22 through 23 says, 
and the new living. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's what he gives you. And it's really cool because these are the tools and the equipment that you need to people. To be in this world. He gives you what you need. I know I have a lot of scripture, but I'm, it's, it's the word, you know, and it's what we need. I can give you my words, but the word is so much better. Colossians 3, verse 12 through 15 and I'm, everything is pretty much New Living Translation. It says, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Put it on. Clothe yourselves with it. Just in the same way you get up and you put your clothes on, you put your, you know, your one foot, one leg in your pants, the other leg in your pants, you know, you put your arms in your jacket. That's the same way you put on. Put on love. Put on kindness. Wake up every single day. Find scriptures. Read the word. Meditate on it. Get it in you. As I'm pulling out of my driveway, I'm quoting the word. I thank you, Father God, that this is a good day. I thank you for your wisdom. I thank you for your grace. I thank you, Lord, that I walk in love today, that I speak kind words, that I say what you would have to say. I put a, a, a watch, a guard over my mouth. I need that. I have to make sure I claim that every day. Lord, put a, watch, put a guard over this mouth. Help me to speak your words. Help me to speak life, truth. Bring someone across my path who needs you. Help me to love them. Number two, love people. Be kind. Kindness causes men to repent. Romans 2.4 says, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? And that word turn means repent. While we were yet sinners, he sent his son. That's God's kindness. That's his love. Love is patient. Love is kind. One of the most incredible kindnesses of the God of all creation is that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. How important is our testimony of being saved to the world that does not yet know God's mercy in this way? 
In John 4, there's a story about the Samaritan woman. And how many of you guys have read that story or heard that story before? So Jesus goes to the well, and he runs into this Samaritan woman. And I'm just going to nutshell it for you for the sake of time. Because this is a story, I believe, of Jesus showing kindness, even though he called her out, but because he was kind to her. So, you know, um, uh, prejudice goes all the way back to Bible days. I mean, people have been ignorant in that way for thousands of years. <laughs> it's not anything new. And this is a, a, a situation right here where, you know, the Samaritans and the Jews, they didn't get along. There was a prejudice that stemmed back from thousands of years. So the Jewish um, people would go, try, you know, make it a point to try to go around this city of Samaria. They didn't want to go through it. They didn't want to have any dealings with these people. So here the disciples go off to find some food for Jesus. And what does Jesus do? He's like, I'm cutting right through here because there's somebody that I need to talk to. So he cuts right through this place, you know, he, he presses past any prejudice, and he goes to this woman. Now, this woman comes to the well, and generally speaking, when women came to draw water from the well, they would come in the morning and they would come in the evening, but she made it a point to come in the afternoon because she didn't want to be there with anybody else. She's living in sin. She probably didn't want to hear it. You know, I'm going to go to this well, I'm going to get this water, I'm going to go home, and I'm going to go about my life. But as she gets there, there's this man sitting there, and it's Jesus. And Jesus has a conversation with her, and she's like, why are you talking to me? Don't you know that Jews don't have anything to do with Samaritans? I mean, why are you having a conversation with me? And he goes on to talk to her, and, you know, she brings up, she's ready to debate, you know, where you're supposed to worship and all this kind of stuff. And Jesus made it known that he saw her. He didn't see past her, but he saw her her. And he didn't, you know, bring condemnation. He didn't, you know, he wasn't being judgmental of her, but he, he called out to her heart. He called out to her hurt. And he's, you know, he's sharing with her and he's like, I have living water for you. I'm the way, the truth, you know, and he, and he's just talking to her and he's sharing with her and he's offering her life. And you know what she does from that encounter? Now, people, were, people avoided her. You know, you would never find in the Bible, first of all, you know, a man going and talking to this type of woman. And Jesus was so kind. And she left that encounter, and she went and told everybody about Jesus, and people in the city got saved. He was kind to her. We need to stop judging people and be kind. Even in his calling out the sin, he was still kind and she still believed in him. She still received what he had for her. And then she left that encounter, life changed, and then went and influenced the people that were around her. Kind. We should consider our words. 
Consider how we talk to people. It's not about you going up to them and going, oh, you're this and this and that, and you know, I'm this and I'm that, and you know, nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear about you being a super Christian and them being a super sinner. Nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> right? That doesn't work. You know, I go to church on Sundays, and I give, and I do this, and I pray this much, and I read my Bible this much, and I do all of this, and um, when was the last time you've been to church? You think they're going to come to church with you? No. Like, hi, I've noticed that you've had some things going on in your life. Can I pray with you? Can I help you? Can I give you a hug? Are you hurting? Are you okay? Is everything all right? And they melt in your hands, and then you can say, hey, just come on to church with me. Oh, those people at the church won't accept me. I do. I'm here with you. Come sit with me. And then let God work on them. He's so good. Okay, I'm going really slow, and I'm coming to the end, and I need to wrap it up. So, let me give you this last point. Be an example. We need to live in such a way that people want what we have. Attract them to Jesus in you. Kindness attracts them to Jesus in you. There's no reason to be rude and ugly and mean. The world is watching, desperately needing to hear a good and gracious, hear about a good and gracious God. Be that voice full of the wonder of God's kindness toward yourself and toward all mankind. May all our lives be a testimony to the goodness of God stored up for those that fear him. Let your life be a testimony to the goodness of God. Let people know that God is a good God, that they live in a bad world, but God is a good God, that he loves them, that he has a plan for them. And that happens when we are kind to people. Be kind. You know, it's the hardest thing for me is to see on social media Christians arguing with the world. I mean, it's horrible arguing with each other because that's a bad example, period. You know, I don't, I don't care how right your stand is. I don't care how right. You're, it's, it's like arguing with somebody on text. You, you, you can't do that. It just doesn't work. I mean, you can barely text clear communication and people understand you. I mean, I say this all the time. Um, let's see, there's a group text I have between Destiny and Stephanie, and 90% of the time, I don't understand what Destiny texts. 
We have always been that way. We're two totally different people. We complement each other and we work together. But when it comes to thinking and talking, and it's like, pff, I'm mind blown. I'm like, I said, go left. Do you mean left, left or right, left? Or should we go around the corner and go left? Because your left didn't make sense. And I'm like, go left. No, but you got to break down that left for me. These are our conversations all the time. But now we have an interpreter. Stephanie's a really good interpreter. <laughs> Just last week, I think it was something, I walked out to the table. I was having a conversation with Destiny. The next day, I get a text. So Stephanie interpreted what you were saying. And I got it. Like, oh, thank God for an interpreter. Because we speak totally different language. And Stephanie has been in my office when our two total different languages were like this. We were like this, and it was like this in the room, and Stephanie's on the side. <sighs> she was just crying, and I was like, it's all right, Stephanie. <laughs> we're just having a this difference, but we're really okay. Okay, I just wanted to make sure you guys are okay, you know. And she helped bring the, the peace in the room, you know. But sometimes it's like that in life where you're just, you're, you just, you have to walk and you have to work with people and you're just so totally different. But you cannot allow your difference to, to cause you to be mean and ugly to people. We're not mean and ugly to each other. We appreciate each other's differences, and even after all of these years, we still don't get it. But there is a love and there is a bond that's inseparable. There's nothing she won't do for me, and there's nothing I won't do for her. And we still have this gap of not quite understanding each other. But we appreciate each other and we love each other. And we support each other and we lift each other up and we're there for what each other needs. And that's what we have to do. In this world, you're going to have people that you encounter every single day, and your kindness, your continual kindness, is what's going to win them to Christ. Consistently kind. Consistently loving. Consistently showing them who Christ is. People can save so many things, but they cannot refute your actions. They can say, oh, she said this, oh, she said that, but your actions speak louder than your words. People will be attracted to the Jesus in you, to, to a light in the dark world, if you will make adjustments and shine like Jesus. Every believer would do well to embrace the philosophy by which William Penn lived. I expect to pass through life but once, if therefore there can be any kindness I can show or any good thing I can do to any fellow being, let me do it now and not defer or neglect it as I shall not pass this way again. May God bless and help us as 
we all grow in kindness towards each other. Don't wait to be kind. You never know what that person is going through and how your words can impact or change their life for eternity. Kindness are seeds that we can sow. We may not get the opportunity to pray with them to receive Christ, but we've planted a seed and we've helped make their heart pliable for the next person that God sends their way. Don't miss out on an opportunity to be kind. And I challenge you to do it, especially if you're irritated. <laughs>